Welcome to Future Thinking with Stylus. I'm your host, Christian Ward, Head of Media and Marketing at Stylus. And today we're going to be talking about what really makes us who we are as consumers and ultimately as humans, a big topic. And to shine a light on all of this, I'm pleased to have with me Paolo Zugotti, industrial designer, ethnographer and trend forecaster, and Elspeth Taylor, Stylus's own consumer attitudes and technology researcher. So, Paola, first of all, could you tell us about the work that you've been doing that's culminated in um, your upcoming film, Future Archaeology? Yes. Hi, Christian. Thank you. Um, as an industrial designer and ethnographer and trend forecaster, as you mentioned, I've been observing the life of people for the last 20 years. So I have been traveling the world, observing how we do things, how we feel and our everyday interactions with those products and brands of daily use. So by doing that, I then developed this, um, well, ask myself this question. What if I was to look at people's physical footprint and tell that physical footprint, tell me their story? So I came up with this idea called Everything We Touch, which was the name of a book that I published. And Everything We Touch led me to look at people's lives through their everyday interactions. And Future Archaeology, the film, looks at the wider picture of using those photos, those visual storytelling pieces, as a way to make sense of our daily lives and on the hope that future generations are going to get a glimpse of how we used to live because things are changing really rapidly. So for those who might not have seen your book, um, yes. just describe, because I mean, the, the images from the book are fantastic and you, you, you create these beautiful um, images of, of people's objects. Can you describe how you, you go about creating those? Yes. So the photos tell the story of people's physical footprint from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed. And for that, I collect every single item they touch in one day and I lay them all in chronological order from waking up to going to bed. And the photos are, um, they speak by themselves. They are like um, an amazing way of telling a story just by those objects, those brands, those textures, those colors, and putting people's life back together just from that point of view. And generally, how many how many objects do people touch in one day? Is it is it Does it differ a lot or is it sort of... Yeah, I think it changes more with life stages than anything. But I would say that an average is 140 things that we touch wow. every day. And that includes, you know, tickets, uh, receipts, uh, food, uh, toiletries, you know, everything. And I say that some people, of course, touch more than others, but that will be an average number. So... I imagine in your work, you've seen a huge diversity of objects and the way that a huge diversity of different kinds of objects that people are are touching throughout the day. Um, What's the most intriguing sort of comparison you could give us? When you look at people's uh, everyday objects, it's amazing because you are raising the most uh, mundane little things to a different level. So imagine I photographed a cowboy in Tucson, Arizona. I am as excited as seeing the cowboy boots and uh, riding saddle as the fact that he uses Colgate. He, before he goes to bed, he uses a Dove Men body shower, head and shoulder shampoo, uh, smokes American spirit cigarettes, drinks whiskey and goes to bed. So not only is fantastic to see a saddle and boots and a cowboy hat, but also how all those brands come together at a very 
uh, an, imaginative, <laughs> an imaginative point of somebody's life. So it's a great way of seeing uh, brands and products in situ where they really live. And they paint a completely different picture of how you imagine that product in a supermarket shelf. So if you think about, uh, I would say, Head and Shoulders or Dubman or Pantene, they live in a, you know, in a grooming beauty section. But when you see them next to saddles, cigarettes, whiskey, they tell a different story. So what, what, motiv what motivated you to take this direction in your work? Uh, first, curiosity and asking myself those type of questions. And I also have a motto, like when you ask yourself a question and if the answer is not in Google, or if you can't find it, you just have to go and make it. So one day I wonder, you know, what it would be like to see what people touching one day. And then I went out and I, you know, and did it. So now you can find it <laughs> if you look for it. But that motivated me, that curiosity of understanding everything we do and not go through things so mindlessly. Because also, you know, as brands and as consumers also as well, we tend to see ourselves fragmented. You know, the person that you are at work or the person that you are at home and you associate brands with different aspects of your life. But when you put everything together, it paints a more honest story of how you connect with those items. So the discovery of seeing somebody's life through those lenses and what I was going to find by doing that was what led me to to do it. I didn't know how to do it the first time, so I just gathered all the objects, look at them, and I had a room with 140 things, and I put them in order, and I taught myself how to take the photos, and then, you know, it goes from there. So this must be, I mean, this is this is kind of amazing information for brands, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, brands talk about consumer segmentation and they concentrate on things like gender and age and location but this is really talking about the actual physical tactility of, of people interacting with their products on a daily basis so is there as a result of your work do you think that um, brands need to change their approach to how they think about consumers completely because things are not so linear anymore and of course you know, like you can't ignore age and demographics and location. Those are things that obviously you need to take into account, but that's just information. It doesn't take you anywhere because it doesn't have any knowledge. And knowledge comes when you start to understand the emotions of the people that you are talking about. And so I would say, yes, maybe you need to define who you're looking at in terms of age and in terms of location, but that's just how you start. Then you need to dive deep and uncover, you know, the emotions and the values of the people that you want to reach. And I think that should be the segmentation and it should be something that keeps moving and you let it evolve because uh, we change so rapidly and we are not even the same person that we may be on a Monday to a Saturday and daytime and nighttime. So I don't think people are so these days so loyal to staying into a brand or a hobby or a point of view. We are constantly evolving and I think having that approach to a segmentation model based on behavior and being in tune with those emotions is the right thing to do these days. So Elspeth, at Stylus, we've been exploring this kind of shift away from traditional demographics to more value-driven segmentation. Uh, how do you think that brands need to be engaging with specific consumer values? Well, what we've seen in our research at Stylus is that brands really need to be communicating with their consumers and finding out these more value and emotion-driven um, priorities in their life instead of the 
segmentations that we've just spoken about. So brands that are doing that really well are, for example, the men's magazine GQ. They did last year their State of Man survey and, you know, crowdsourced ideas about what are changing in priorities in their consumers and then they can change their content to match this and be more relevant and stay a relevant brand in themselves. And this approach can be done across brand messaging instead of just their product. So providing different platforms for communicating with their brands as well. So we've seen Harry's, the razor brand, they've added a a chatbot to their offering now. So instead of just being a space where people can go and get razors to keep up with their, their grooming schedule, they can also use this chatbot to talk about men's mental health and well-being. And it's those sort of projects that are really helping brands reach and understand these values in their customers rather than making broad stroke campaigns based on gender and age, which are really not going to work with today's consumers. They need to look at these more granular expressions of personality and reach those to make effective marketing. So alongside this kind of enlightened masculinity idea, what other um, beliefs and values have you been identifying that, uh, the consu- uh, that brands need to pay attention to? Another thing that we've really looked at is the sort of the rise of, of self-care and how consumers are really digging down into what that means across different different categories and sustainability is another part part of that as well bringing in sustainable values into their different products in life and how the way they shop is now becoming more about representing those beliefs to the outside world so you're investing your money in these brands that are helping you represent your personality so Paolo, going back to this point about sustainability i mean clearly that's that's uh, something that you know is 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 part of the work that you do i mean you're talking about people's product uh, objects that they own um and this book you were researching uh, how many years ago yes I, I, it keeps going so yeah but I you did, started say I started, i'm sorry yes i started in 2014 right so we're talking now five years on you know sustainability mm-hmm. is even more of a of a imperative for for brands and companies um what insights did you glean from the work that you did in terms of how people are adapting to the to the climate crisis and and the the crisis around um, stuff and how much stuff people have to own these days? Well, one uh, to add some uh, reality to that, like not everybody thinks uh, that way, but people are in, in the journey. You know, this is a journey. So hopefully, in the future, more consumers will be will be thinking that way. But it's something that we're starting to see more and more. And what the kind of like side effect of doing these photos to the people that I do the photos with, to my participants, is like it teaches them a lot about what they do. And I think that that's something that we are becoming much more aware and much more mindful about all the decisions and the conscious. We're becoming more conscious about the decisions that we make in the everyday. And but sometimes, you know, some brands and some product categories are stronger than other ones. You know, like as you were talking about grooming or um, beauty, they are like really coming to us with a message. So maybe on that category, we are much more mindful when it comes to purchasing those products. But maybe when it comes to, I don't know, cleaning products or things that have less of a connection and there is a less emotional value and that product is not something that you display or it will talk 
hugely about your personality tends to be a little bit more uh, disregarded. So I say that is something that we should be optimistic optimistic about it and we are going to see it more and more and it's kind of like going, you know, penetrating from different areas of our life to others. Have you gone back to any of the, the people that you worked with originally and seen if their their consumption habits have changed? No, I haven't, but it's a great thought and that's something that, yes, that I need to do. But what I do know is that everybody has become much more mindful about what they do because it just tells you so much about your day and those things like we live so rushed and so busy that we never stop to think about you know what we're doing at every touch point and it just plays that back to you do you see differences in different parts of the world in terms of this particular question of, of consumption and the impact that your project has made on on people uh, with regards to sustainability i will say that maybe the more uh, Western and developed uh, societies have, you know, suffer more from this. In other parts of the world, you still see that not everything comes packaged the way that it comes packaged uh, here, or people have like more um, buying bulk and loose products that don't require you to carry so much uh, packaging. But I'd say maybe kind of packaging is the one that is the more obvious. In other ways, probably is is the same. And have you has your work? I mean, you've worked with brands in the past. So has your work um, influenced the way they think? I mean, do do you have any examples of how um, this project has changed the way perhaps a, a brand has, has thought about their work? Uh, yes, and maybe to give you an example, I created a piece for Skoda, and it was a research question, and which became a commercial, but. The research question was, what do people carry in the boots of their cars? And what do people, you know, like the same way that I do that. So what are the type of objects that go in people's boots, you know, every day? And and I would say trunks as well. So that question also taught the company and the brand about the versatility of their own product. And it taught them, uh, you know, it played back to them how differently people use their cars from fleet to farmers to doctors and I shed a new light on the way that it, their product is consumed, not only in the way that they not only in the one that they were projecting. So it seems to me from the way that you've been talking about it that you you have an optimistic um, view of, of our future in terms of you know how people are going to interact with with products and services and, and brands. Uh, would that would that be right? Do you yeah. think humanity has a <laughs> has a bright future, I guess, is the question. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think a few things. There is, uh, there is something to say, like, we are overloaded by consumption and choice. And I've seen, like, out, you know, having so much, we are developing something that I call creative scarcity. You know, you yourself setting your limits about your own consumption. Like, I, w- I would only eat vegan, I would only buy local products, I would only buy things that are on the same color palette, and they can go from something really profound to an aesthetic uh, preference. But I think that is bringing a lot of consciousness about the decisions we make every day, be it for one way or another. And I think that's what we all need, you know, not to um, not to let ourselves distracted by 
buy one, get one free and just get everything because it's out there. So I think we as a society lost it a little bit. So we went through these kind of like uh, incredible abundance of things that uh, we rarely consider um, genuinely. And I believe that we are in the path for rethinking that relationship that we have with those items. Elspeth, do you think that that's something that is being driven primarily by the younger generations, Gen Z and millennials, in terms of this sort of resetting of our uh, priorities when it comes to consumption? I think so. And I, I think brands are really looking to the younger generations. On one hand, cynically, they are a new market to communicate with. But also, if we've seen with the the climate strikes recently, they're being really driven by this younger generation and they're very concerned about their future because for them, they've got, you know, 60, 70, 80 years ahead of them on this earth, whereas the older generation, again, sorry to be cynical, <laughs> don't have so much time. Oh, gosh, that, that sounds awful. Yeah, thanks for that. <gasps> so bad. <laughs> As part of the older generation, I'm <laughs> optimistic um, about my future. <laughs> no, it's true that they're much more um, centered when it comes to their beliefs and less distracted. And I think they have those ideas quite clear. So, Paolo, I think you know these are these are big ideas and big topics and big subjects that you're tackling. Um, so, I'm going to try and reduce you to one final takeaway. Um, it, if you know any of our uh, our listeners in in branding or marketing or, or product design could take one thing away from from what you've learned in your in your work, what, what do you think it would be? And never stop observing and asking yourself great questions. Always observe, look, be curious. Uh, the world is out there. Your consumers are there. They are not anywhere uh, different, and they don't have a life that different to the one you live in terms of everyday routines and. Um, all the time observe the situations and ask yourself difficult questions and recalibrate and be flexible about the way you think about your consumers and be prepared to change and adapt your game as they are evolving. Yeah, I think that's a really great point to make about recalibrating you know, constantly because things are changing. I think many brands feel like they can you know, stick with the same idea because it's worked in the past, but that's just not going to not going to be the case anymore, is it? You have to keep evolving. So that's a great uh, takeaway for for anyone listening. I guess the the idea is, you know, get out of your office and start observing people in the real world, which you know I know is a scary thing for for brands and marketers to do, um, but you know you've got to do it. Um, I'd like to thank my guests Paolo Zugotti and Elspeth Taylor, and thank you for listening. I hope you join us next time for more future thinking from Stylus. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available. 